In this episode, I'll be interviewing horse trainer Amalia Dempsey. Amalia is a compassionate horse trainer and coach based in South Australia who teaches equestrian riders how to help their horses to be calm, trusting, willing, and confident. Amalia has had over 20 years riding experience with a competitive dressage and eventing background. She is also a qualified physiotherapist and uses her knowledge in anatomy and rider biomechanics to assist with her coaching. After discovering the magic of natural horsemanship, equitation science, and positive reinforcement, she has dedicated herself to studying, learning, and applying all that she can in order to help horses and riders be the best they can be. She offers clinics and lessons locally and also helps interstate and international riders through her 12-week transformational mentorship program, Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Um, so why don't we start if you just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started working with horses and kind of your journey and how you got where got to where you are now. Sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, so I was one of those horsey kids who didn't grow up in a horsey family, but I clearly had the horsey DNA. I was just obsessed with horses right from the start. So I naturally begged my parents for a pony and eventually they gave in. Um, so my, because my parents weren't that horsey, I, I was sort of guided by what my traditional instructors at the time were teaching me, um, which is what a lot of a lot of people go through, I guess. Um, and I went through the traditional pony club, riding club, competing kind of pathway as a kid. And yeah, I, I loved it. I, I always was a heart-centered equestrian person, even as a kid, you know, I, I just love spending time with them. It was really important to me that my horses were happy, but at the time, I didn't really know how to achieve that. Um, although I think because as a kid, I was quite natural in the way I was doing things, um, my horses were pretty happy. But as I started to get older and I became more of an independent learner, I started to really question things that we did with horses, especially when I started to do high level competing and eventing and dressage. And some of the things I, I noticed that my horses weren't necessarily 100% happy or they were really tense or they didn't want to do things that I wanted them to do. So really got me thinking deeply, so much so that I actually had a year away from horses where I honestly just didn't know if I could continue with it. It was almost easier to give up than to face those questions that were really deep like you know should we even be riding horses is this ethical um how how can I ride horses and have it so that they're enjoying things as well anyway so after a year of not being involved in horses I was miserable so I knew that I had to get back into horses and <laughs> naturally I bought an off-the-track thoroughbred as a lot of Australians do here um, and I'd had off the track thoroughbreds before I'd, I'd invented thoroughbreds. So, you know, I was really familiar with training them, but, um, yeah, more problems crept up as they do. And, uh, I was also riding for a Grand Prix rider at the time. So riding some really talented young horses. And, uh, that led to me purchasing a couple of really nice young horses. 
And that changed everything because whilst I trained a lot of young horses before um, and a lot of problem horses, I hadn't ever had a one-year-old or a foal or like a complete blank canvas. And that, that triggered a lot of questions as well, because I was like, how do I give these horses the absolute best start? Like, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to make any mistakes, which we know is impossible to not make mistakes, but hey, this is how I was thinking at the time. Um, so that got me researching into different ways of, you know, what would be the best way to start these fillies under saddle? How can I best set them up for when I do send them off to a trainer if, if that's what I'm going to do? And that's when I discovered natural horsemanship. So even before that, I'd looked into uh, equitation science and learning theory. So I had a good understanding of, you know, positive and negative reinforcement and systematic desensitization and, and some of those things that you learn with equitation mm -hmm. science, but there was still a lot missing. So that's, that's what I guess, well, that's not what led me to natural horsemanship, but that's what filled in the gaps. Natural horsemanship filled in the gaps of my um, scientific mind, so to speak. So yeah, that changed absolutely everything. And I went down this big rabbit hole of learning natural horsemanship. I had, you know, thousands of lessons. I went to every single clinic I could. I read every single book I could on horsemanship. And, you know, I'm a very ambitious student. So I tried to learn as much as I could. And what I did was I set my goal of reading. I think I read somewhere that if you read a hundred books on a topic, you're in the top 1% of you know, people in that field. And I was like, I can do that. I can do 100 books on horses. <laughs> and what I found was I, I got into reading all these horsemanship books and a common theme came up, which is really nice because it fits nicely into the theme of your podcast in that horsemanship is really self-development, right? We need to be better in ourselves if we want to be better with our horses. So I'd always... I'd always really liked self-development anyway. So I was like, great, not only can I read books on horsemanship, I can read books on self-development and that's going to improve my horsemanship. So in that year, I think I read 150 books um, oh on self-development. Yeah, so I'm a big nerd. I'm a big nerd. <laughs> I have to say, though, I cheated a little bit because I did listen to a lot on Audible. So makes it a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. my journey continued and I got to a uh, a good place with natural horsemanship where I I'd, I'd got a, a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge and was able to apply it and then I started dabbling in positive reinforcement and that opened up a whole other rabbit hole that I went down and now I kind of use like a blend of those three things. So the scientific equine learning theory, the natural horsemanship and the positive reinforcement. Um, and I guess through this process, as I started to develop and post things on social media and I was you know, out competing as well. So people were watching me, people started coming to me and asking like, oh, how, how did you do that? How come your horse just goes so easily onto the float? How come your horse is so relaxed at a dressage competition? How come you're able to do like a Spanish walk or get your horse to smile? And people started asking me for help. So that's how the coaching side of things um, happened. I was always coaching though. Like even when I was competing before my natural horsemanship journey, um, I was coaching people in riding. So I've, I've always loved teaching and coaching. So that's just a natural part of me. But now I feel like I have a bit more of a complete package and that I have so much to offer from various um, aspects of horses. So yeah, that's pretty much how yeah, my coaching journey started. And, and now I 
give clinics and teach lessons locally, but I also have an online program for interstate and overseas people as well, which I'm absolutely loving. So yeah, that's kind of the condensed version of yeah. um, my journey to date. I hope that's that's uh, that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And I love, I think, you know, everything that you talked about, the learning theory, the natural horsemanship and the positive reinforcement, it all kind of blends together. Um, so yeah. well, and I would even add the dressage onto that too. Um, yeah, you know, they yeah, that's all something I left really out. Yeah, work work so well together. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about your coaching and your online programs and kind of where you're at now. Sure. Um, so yeah, I guess that's one thing I did miss out in those things that I do combine is I, I definitely still draw from my competitive background as well um, because yeah, I think a lot of people do teach natural horsemanship um, and have that focus on partnership but I like to have to focus on the partnership but also getting stuff done like I still want to go out and compete I still want to go on forest rides and have fun so and I think a lot of people can relate to that too they don't want to completely throw away everything that they already know and just go down this path of spending time with their horse they they want the best of both worlds and and that's what I'm about so So with my clinics, I um, offer clinics and lessons locally, which is a lot of fun. I really enjoy that face-to-face and, you know, getting my hands dirty, so to speak, and demonstrating and and helping people in the flesh right there um, in front of them. And, but I think what's kind of new to the, the horsemanship space, well, it's getting more popular now, but it is the online learning. And to be perfectly honest, initially for me, it wasn't like I was, hugely convinced of online learning. I just started off, I guess, watching some YouTube videos, but I never really thought it could be uh, really influential in my horsemanship. I almost started watching videos out of desperation, right? Because I couldn't find someone locally that I was like, yes, teach me your ways. Like I need to be around you all the time to learn. So I had to go online to to get knowledge from other Mm -hmm. people. And that's the beauty of the internet we can get knowledge from the best in the world. We can Mm -hmm. find people who align with our values and what we want to do with our horses and learn from them. We're no longer limited to, you know, our local instructors. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having local instructors and in-person lessons. But if you're struggling to find someone that really connects and aligns with how you want to be with your horses, then find someone online. It's, yeah. it's a global community. So that's what I love about online learning. And also we have so many options now in that, you know, what you and I are doing right now over Zoom, we can talk face to face. Yeah. I So with my, I'll talk a little bit about my online academy. So it's called Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy and it's a 12 week horsemanship mentorship program. And I work with people either one-on-one or in a group setting. And I go through eight fundamental modules that I believe to be the absolute foundation for any horse and rider. Like once you can take these things off, I feel like anything is possible for you and your horse in whatever discipline you want to do. But without these fundamentals, that's when you run into problems. That's when the relationship kind of suffers. So I I guess I produced this course for myself 10 years ago, right? So people who are really wanting their horses to be happy, who just want the best for their horses, who know that there's something lacking in their connection, 
who might know that horsemanship or groundwork is important, but they're not really sure where to start. They don't necessarily want to learn from like a cowboy or something. Um, and yeah, they, they want to learn from someone who's achieved what they want with their horse. So that's why I created it. And I, I love helping people online. And I've had some amazing results from some of my students online, which is fantastic to see people on the other side of the world achieving yeah. fantastic things with their horses. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The online stuff has been really cool and it's really been fun to see that kind of take off. I guess that's one benefit to the whole coronavirus situation is that there's so Absolutely. much online. So that yeah, that's been really cool and a lot of fun. So yeah, awesome. So I love that you mentioned the self-development um, aspect of working with horses. Um, and that's kind of the whole um, idea behind this uh, podcast is just, you know, horses teach us so much about things outside of horses and um, just life in general and all of that. Um, so is there anything specific that horses have taught you um, that's really affected your life outside of horses or any lessons you've learned? I'm sure there's probably been a lot, but um, <laughs> yes, anything, anything you want to share with us about that and kind of your journey um, with that? Sure. Horses have taught me so many lessons in life. Like, I don't know how much time you've got, but I could speak for hours about this. <laughs> but I have kind of brainstormed some of the key things that uh, horses have taught me and kind of keep popping up as well. So um, I'll elaborate on those. And, yeah, I think it also works both ways. So horses teach us about life, but life also teach us teaches us about horses too. And often I find myself in my everyday life thinking, oh, that's related to horses. <laughs> so, it's kind yeah. of cool because even away from my horses, I feel like I'm working on my horsemanship. So yeah, yeah. It's like you never really get away from horses, right? It's like always there. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. So some of the main lessons that horses have taught me about life. The first one is that lessons will reoccur until you've learned what you need to know, right? So we can get frustrated when the same problems keep popping up both in our horses and in life, but the frustration isn't the answer. Like that lesson is there for a reason. You need to learn something to get over that. And that lesson is just going to keep on popping up until you've learned how to overcome it. So an example for this might be float loading, right? And personally, I've had horses in the past. I think you might call it trailer loading over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For, for those of you here in the States, uh, when she refers to float, she's talking about the trailer. So yeah. 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 And I learned um, yesterday with one of my students from England, she's like, we call it a horse box. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so in the past, I've had horses that have, you know, like a string of horses that have struggled to get on the trailer, float, whatever. <laughs> um, and, and I'm at the time I was just like frustrated with the problem. I was just like, oh, you know, I just, I want this problem to go away, but the universe life is just going to keep throwing me horses that yeah. were uncomfortable and afraid of the trailer until I had learned to help horses be better with trailer loading. And now I can get my horses to load backwards onto the float. They can load at Liberty. And I feel like I've really mastered that now. So that's definitely one of the things that, you know, and listeners can, can probably relate to this. If there's a problem that you keep having, don't wish that that problem goes away 
Mm-hmm. Work on yourself being better to overcome that problem because that's the only way that that problem is actually going to go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's there for a reason. You need to learn something out of that. The next one is your attitude towards others determines their attitude towards us. And mm-hmm. once again, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one. is with life and horses, right? So with people <laughs> and with horses. Um, and I'll tell you a little story about this. So one of my horses, Beauty, she is a very, I'll say, spicy mare. <laughs> she, she's got a lot of personality. She feels very comfortable telling me how she feels. And she's probably one of the most challenging horses I've ever worked with. But she's awesome. I love her. We have so much fun together. Um, and there was a time there where I was really going through my horsemanship journey. I was really deep into learning um, all that I could. And I was getting a lot of resent from, resentment from her and that showed up in the way of a lot of ears back and tail swishing and I kind of had my own internal ears back and tail swishing as well, right? Like I felt a little bit like, oh, come on, can't you just do what I want you to do? Like just do it. Um, <laughs> and that attitude in itself, like she was giving me that back. You know, she was like, you're not doing what I want you to do. <laughs> so... I reflected on that and literally in the click of a finger, I changed my attitude. I was like, this is not how I want to be around my horses. I want my horses to feel positive around me, to really enjoy my energy, to enjoy my company, to enjoy the things that we're doing together. I'm going to let go of those expectations that I have to make my horse do stuff. And I'm just going to be the horsewoman that I want to be around my horses and just forget about those end results for now. And her attitude changed completely because my attitude had changed completely. We got a lot more ears forwards. We got a lot more interaction. It felt like she was enjoying her time with me. And yeah, I just, in that moment, I was like, wow, attitude has so much to do with how your horse performs basically. Um, So yeah, whenever things aren't going to plan, I always think, okay, I've got to check myself. Like how am I showing up for my horse right now? Because that probably needs to be adjusted if you know something's not quite right so that's something I've definitely learned and it's the same with with life you know if we've got a poor attitude towards a human they're probably going to give that back to us and you know if we're happy and positive and a fun person to be around that person's probably going to want to be around us as well so that's definitely a major lesson that I've learned the next one is that's awesome yeah 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 (laughs) The next one is something that my mom actually always said to me. So my mom's been one of my biggest supporters throughout horses. Uh, I think um, when she was a kid, she always wanted to have horses. So she kind of lived that dream through me a little bit. And whenever I would go to a competition as a kid and I would lose, I would get really upset, right? I was a, I'm was i a very competitive and ambitious person. So it really hit me hard when I'd lose. And this is the same when you have a loss with your horse training as well, you know, when things don't go to plan. And she'd say to me, you don't learn much by winning, right? So Mm. this goes with life and horsemanship. The true learnings and breakthroughs happen in the darkest moments when you're ready to quit. So if you can push. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And now I kind of get excited in a way when something doesn't go to plan because I'm like, awesome, <laughs> I'm just about to level up. I'm just about to have a breakthrough. I'm just yeah, about yeah. to 
new things that, you know, not only will help me on my horsemanship journey going forwards, but also help my students because when they run into this problem, I can say, yep, I know the way, you know, have faith. We, we can get through this and be excited because you're about to level up. So everyone loves yeah, to win. Yeah. Everyone loves to have good horse days. And, you know, we want lots of those, but you don't mer- learn much by winning. So in those moments where things aren't going to plan, try and see the silver lining in that. That's, that's definitely a lesson that I've learned with horses and in life. The next one is in order to be good at something, you first have to be bad at it. And, this <laughs> <Yes>. is, <laughs> and, you know, I'm a perfectionist, so this is a hard one to swallow for me. <laughs> but yes, I remember yeah, I, I really, <laughs> yeah, I have to constantly remind myself this in life and in horses. You know, if I'm trying something new, it's probably not going to be perfect straight away. And I remember I was in this um, five-day horsemanship clinic with um, one of my mentors at the time. And I I said to him, like, I'm not good at this. Like, I want to be better at this. And he's like, well, in order to be good at something, you first have to be bad at it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of true. And also it takes the pressure off because then you're yeah. not operating in a way like, oh, I've got to do it perfectly. You're operating in a way of, well, it's, it's probably not going to be perfect straight away. So I'm just going to try and adjust as they go along. And it's, it's not really uh, realistic or a healthy expectation to have things perfect straight away. And a lot of people tell me this, they're like, I don't want to make a mistake. Same thing as I told you earlier, I didn't want to make a mistake with my young horses, but mistakes do happen. And that's, that's where we learn, which is what I just spoke about before. So yeah, in order to be good at something, you first have to be bad at it. Yeah, awesome. And through being bad, bad at it, you make those mistakes, and that's how you learn. So exactly, and then eventually, we together, have, yeah, 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 yep. good at it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've got a couple more. So yeah, the next one, <laughs> the next one is your strengths are a blessing and a curse, right? So <laughs> I, like I've already told you, I'm very ambitious and competitive. And this is great because I set goals, I take action, I know where I'm going, I'm very clear on my purpose and, you know, how to get there. But it's also a curse because sometimes I can be too demanding, go too fast, too direct line, too results orientated, and that can be detrimental in your horsemanship and in your life also. So it's about finding a balance, but also not kind of hating on yourself for having that that quality it's about going okay well this is a really good thing because of these reasons but you know I need to tailor it back in these moments when you know I need to go slower for my horse I need to respect how my horse is feeling about this I need to let go of the outcome like have those goals but understand that the horse controls I guess the um the the speed of achieving those goals because you know we're, we're working with a living breathing being that has feelings so we really need to respect that that's how it's a little bit different to other sports right you know like you can push yourself well maybe not maybe maybe you should even though in other sports you, you're not involved in with another animal maybe you should still give yourself some slack from time to time even if you are a really ambitious person so yes that's one lesson that I've learned and I'm continuing to work on I feel like some of these lessons that you have with horses and life they're not things that you tick off they're things that constantly pop up back to that yeah. first lesson right lessons will reoccur yeah. until yeah. <laughs> 
definitely. It's like, you know, you think you've got it and then you go to a whole nother level and you learn the lesson again, but even deeper and, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, uh, you know, what you talked about there with your strengths. And I think that comes down to really knowing yourself, knowing what what your strengths and weaknesses are so that you can kind of make adjustments and just be self-aware. Like, you know, maybe I'm pushing it a little too much today or, you know, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Having a lot of self-awareness. Yeah, so true. And I think that self-awareness is a huge part of horsemanship as well, you know, and, and life. Mm-hmm. You want to be um, good at anything, you really need to have that self-awareness around, you know, who you are as a person, what you value. That's, I think that's really important. And, yeah. and the last point that I wanted to make with these lessons in life and horses is fall in love with the journey, right? Everyone wants the outcome. Like people want to do the Spanish walk. They want to ride Grand Prix. They want to ride bridalists on the beach. But if you only want the outcome, your happiness is going to be short-lived. You need to enjoy the process and the journey every day because Mm -hmm. that is where you spend most of your time, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that moment, you know, I've had some fantastic rides riding bridalists. Do I ride bridalists every single day? No, I, I savor those moments when I am riding bridalists. But what I love, like I just love working with horses mm-hmm. and, and that journey, like I, I could spend an hour doing nothing with a horse and I feel happy and fulfilled. Yeah. So I think if you want to be, once again, if you want to be good at anything, in, whether it's um, something in life or something with horses, you really have to fall in love with the journey and not just what that journey is going to bring you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's awesome. And yeah, like you said, you know, those, those moments, um, you know, where we feel the best, they're so short lived. And, um, you know, you need something to get you in between those moments and keep you going. Otherwise, you're really gonna get uh, burnt out or frustrated. Yeah. yeah, you really do have to love, you know, every step of it. And um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like any, any time with a horse is, is wonderful. So yeah. 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 And sometimes I have to kind of step back and go, you know, yes, I want to ride Grand Prix bareback and bridalists on the beach, but Hey, it is a blessing just to have a horse. You know, some people tell me, Amalia, yeah. oh my gosh, it's my dream to own a horse. And I go, Oh, I feel so bad because I've got three horses and I want another one. Um, You know, sometimes we need to put it into perspective. Like it's amazing that we even get time to be with horses. So yeah, that's another in itself. (laughs) Yeah. I always uh, try and remind myself too, like it's, it's such an incredible thing that horses even allow us to do what we do with them, you know, just to be around them and ride them. And, you know, just to have that privilege is such a blessing. And, you know, when you can kind of think about that, it puts things into perspective a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We need to remind ourselves of that regularly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, have there been any uh, struggles or triumphs that you've had kind of along the way in your journey that you'd like to share with us that have really kind of had an impact on you? Yeah, so I guess overcoming or realizing all of the lessons that we've already spoken about has been both a struggle and a triumph for me. Um, but I think 
one of the biggest struggles that I've personally faced in my horsemanship journey is learning to accept that it's okay to do things my way mm. right? and, and making decisions for my own horse. I care about my horses more than anyone else, right? So whilst it's great to have mentors and instructors and more experienced people to look up to and, and talk to your friends and other horse people about your horse, at the end of the day, you've got to trust your own decision-making about your horse and what your horse is telling you. So um, I, I followed a few different programs, you know, horsemanship programs, a few different mentors, um, a few different systems and gone down different rabbit holes. And along the way, I always tried to find, you know, the one thing that I could follow or the one box that I could fit into. But mm. I've realized that I just don't fit into a box and it's okay. You know, it's okay yeah. to do things my way. And it's kind of liberating because I can make decisions based on how I feel and how my horses feel, not necessarily, oh, well, that person said this, so that's what I've got to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's why in my program, whilst, you know, I do give people a system and a structure, I give people the freedom to use what equipment they like and do things their way and, we have that conversation. It's a two-way street. They've got to feel comfortable about what they're doing with their horse as well. And we can tweak things to suit their values and, and how they want things to be. It's important that you can authentically be yourself in your horse training, I feel. So that's something that I've had to learn to accept, that it's okay to do things my way. And it doesn't really matter, you know, if the, the next person or someone at your barn is doing things their way as well, that's totally fine. We've all just got to accept that we're all on our own horse journey and it's okay to do mm -hmm. things our own authentic way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess these, these kind of struggles and um, triumphs, fit into your previous question as well like everything <laughs> is just a lesson in life and horses so yeah um, yeah it's also connected <laughs> it so is um and I guess another struggle is sort of what I've touched on is learning to see that struggles are opportunities instead of getting frustrated when something do doesn't go to plan seeing it as an opportunity to grow as a horse trainer, to grow as a person. And then, you know, I'm, I'm better able to tackle future struggles. Um, and another thing that I've really struggled with is, I think it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's uh, basically, yeah. yeah, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, this has been something that has held me back for so long from sharing my message and from teaching and coaching others because mm -hmm. I go, oh, well, you know, there are people who are way more experienced, way yeah. more knowledgeable than me. Who am I to be sharing this, that I, what the things that I know and the, the experience that I have? Um, so, and, th and that's something I constantly battle because when I learn more, I go, oh my gosh, there's even more I need to know. <laughs> but I recognize now that that's going to be a never ending thing. And I'm sure people, you know, all people at the top of their field would probably feel the same way. And if not, maybe they don't know as much as they think they know, <laughs> because there's always more to learn. So I, I think that's what, one of the biggest struggles I've had to overcome is accepting that I still have a lot to learn, but being okay and aware aware of that while still giving value to my students and I think what's helped me with that is seeing my students succeed right because I if my students are succeeding and getting results then I must be doing something right 
and same with my horses, you know, if my horses are continuing to develop and continuing to be happy and progressing, then I must be doing something right as well. So uh, I guess learning to not be so hard on myself with what I already know and have achieved. Um, so I guess being happy with where I'm at and um, whilst continuing to strive for more. That's another struggle that I've had to overcome. I can, yeah, <laughs> I can relate to that struggle. Um, yeah, it's like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. Yeah, yes, um, and yeah, just kind of feeling feeling confident enough in yourself. Um, you know, I I always think like there's so many other people that know so much more than I do. But um, I did have one person uh, say to me once um, that nobody. Um, has learned it from your perspective. So we all have yeah. our own unique perspective um, and our own life experiences that we can bring to the table. And, um, you know, so we all have something that we can add, even though, you know, there's all kinds of other, you know, people teaching, um, you know, horse stuff. We've all got, you know, our own unique perspective to share. So yeah. that kind of helps me a little bit um with my own insecurities over teaching and that kind of thing that's a really good way of looking at it yeah I like that yeah even though I've had lots of struggles I've had some triumphs as well <laughs> um and I guess yeah the triumphs would be overcoming those things and continuing <laughs> to work on myself <laughs> um but I guess one of my biggest triumphs is getting to a place with my horses now where I feel like I have the dream connection that I've always wanted it doesn't mean that I don't still have problems prop up from time to time, but I'm so proud of them and of myself for getting to this place where I feel like I can do anything. I can go to the forest, I can go to the beach, I can compete, I can put the relationship first. I feel comfortable in myself. My horses feel comfortable and confident in themselves. And when problems do pop up, I have the skills and knowledge to problem solve and to overcome those things and to make really good decisions for my horses. So I'm really proud of that. And I also, like I mentioned, I've done a bit of bridalist riding. And to me, that is the best feeling in the world. I really would like to do more of that. Um, and yeah, for me, that's a huge achievement because I remember when I first saw people riding bridalist and I was like, oh my gosh, that just seems impossible. I'll never be able to do that, but I really would like to be able to do that. And, and now that I can do it, I'm like addicted and I just want to do more and it's just so much fun and I feel like the horses love it as well so yeah that's something I'm proud of and I, I'd like to work more towards doing more of that and I'm also super proud of all my students who are achieving amazing things with their horses so that's another big triumph of mine and theirs as well. That's awesome yeah I think um, that's awesome that the relationship um, you know that's that's your biggest achievement um, and I think that's the most important part of everything. You know, it doesn't matter if we can, you know, do a Grand Prix test or even ride bridalists if we don't have the relationship. So, exactly. yeah, I think you definitely have something to be proud of there. Um, so, yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I'm very proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I've got a couple of quick um, questions for you. Just kind of some fun get to know you questions. So um, oh. you don't have to put a, a lot of thought in it, into it. Just kind of say the first thing that comes um, to mind. Um, okay. Okay. All right. So um, what is one thing you've learned recently? And it can be about horses or anything. 
I think one thing I've learned is you need to prioritize what makes you feel good. Hmm. This is in horses and in life because, you know, I've had days I'm a very busy person. And if I don't prioritize every day, something that makes me feel good, I haven't really had a good day. Hmm. Even though I've got lots of things ticked off my to-do list. If I haven't done something that brings me joy and bliss, it's not really a super successful day. So I think prioritizing things that make you feel good is something, yeah, I've learned and maybe yeah. others can take something from that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness and then before you know it, you're burnt out. So yeah, I think that is important. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All right, share a favorite horse memory. I know there's probably a lot, but just pick one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so many, so many, but yeah. things just jumped to my mind was um, I had my horse Harriet, who is an Andalusian cross. I think you've got some Andalusians. Yeah. 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 I love the Andalusian breed and yeah. she's so sweet. Yeah. She's so sweet and she's just my, she's my soul horse, right? Um, when she was, I think she was about three or four, I had her down the beach and I had her down the beach many times before. And this particular day, it was my birthday and um, we had a little uh, lie down on the beach. So I love having a little moment on, on the beach when my horses lie down and we just sit there and take in the atmosphere. And this day she felt so comfortable and relaxed with me that she actually fully laid down on her side and went to sleep and started snoring <laughs> and dreaming. And I was like, I, I mean, it seems like such a silly thing and such a, such a small moment, no, but it was so big for me because the beach is a scary place for horses, right? And she yeah, felt comfortable yeah. enough to fully go to sleep. It was my birthday. The sun was shining. I was at the beach, which I love. Oh. I was my soul horse. And I, if I could go back in time and relive that moment, I would. Yeah, it was just such a That's amazing. Moment. Yeah. So magical. Yeah. Yeah. It was magic. It really was. Yeah. 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 Very cool. All right. What is a book you're reading right now or have read recently? Are you still reading a hundred books a year? <laughs> Not quite a hundred, but I reckon I probably <laughs> still read on like maybe 50 because because of the audio books, because it's so yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, or a one book you've listened to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one book that I'm reading or re-listening to at the moment, this is a book that I have if a book is really good, I'll buy the physical version as well and actually read it properly because um, I feel like it's slightly different when you do read it um, in the physical form. And this is a book I've already listened to it twice and read it fully once and I'm re-listening to it again. And it's called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And it's, I don't know if you've heard of Jay Shetty, but he's uh, a a guy who his mission is to make wisdom go viral. So he was a monk for a few years and he shares his learnings in that book um, and applies it to everyday life. So I really like his balanced view on self-development and living your purpose and yes, yeah, so many aspects of self-development. So I'm re-listening to that. And each time I listen to it, I learn something new or, or go a little deeper into one of his lessons. So I'm really liking that book. hundred percent recommend it. That's awesome. I'll have to check that one out. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. This is probably my favorite question. If you could share a message with the world, what would it be? 
Oh, with the horse world or the world in general? <laughs> um, whatever you want. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. There's so many things I could say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it's it's hard in this day and age because there's a lot going on. You know, there's a lot of, you know, with the, the pandemic and there's wars going on and there's there's a lot of hurting going on, you know, and there's a lot I could say about achievement and getting to where you want to be, but I feel like what it all comes down to is if you can just be kind wherever possible, I think that's going to make your life and other people's lives a lot better. So that's with your horse, with other people, um, just keeping yourself in that frame of mind wherever you can, being kind in every interaction is, I think, going to help you out a lot in life. So as, as corny as it sounds and as cliche as it sounds, I think just be kind. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Oh, wow. We've spoken about so much. I really, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed this, this um, interview because it really does combine my love of self-development and horsemanship. Yeah. <laughs> amazing what you're doing and um, hopefully it, it will inspire some some people to to follow that self-development and horsemanship journey. So yeah, thank you for having me on and I really yeah. enjoyed it. And um, yeah, looking forward to connecting with you more in the future. Yeah, awesome, cool. And if our listeners are wanting to um, learn more about you or connect with you, where can they do that? Cool, well, um, I'm most active on Instagram. So I you can find me there at Amalia underscore horses. I also have a website, AmaliaDempsey.com, and I'm on Facebook as well. I just started a TikTok account, which is also Amalia Horses, but I'm still working it out. So <laughs> I have yeah. not been to TikTok yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also have the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast if you wanted to hear um, me a bit more and, and some interviews that I've got on there. And hopefully I'll have you on there soon, Bethany. <laughs> Awesome. And I will put the links for all of those in the show notes. So if you're wanting to um, learn more about Amalia and connect with her, you can check those out. Um, this has been a wonderful chat. Um, I've loved hearing all of your thoughts um, about everything and the lessons you've learned. It's everything so relatable and so, so good and so important. Um, so thank you so much for, um, for being here today and for sharing with us um yeah awesome thank you it's been a lot of fun thank you for joining me today i'd love it if you'd share your thoughts on this podcast in the comments i always enjoy hearing from our listeners if you enjoyed this podcast please consider leaving a review and sharing with your friends if you want to learn more about developing a better partnership with your horse, you can check out our website, tuskydressage.com, or search for Tusky Dressage on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And you can also sign up for our virtual classroom on Patreon. 
at patreon.com backslash Dressage. And lastly, if you are looking to go even deeper into the lessons our horses have for us, you can check out my book, God's Heart Through a Horse's Eyes, available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. Thanks again for joining me on Lessons from a Horse, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.